rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right. Hello, everyone. How's it going? My name is Tara Devlin, and thank you for hanging out on the weekday special. Look at Francis Jr. Jr. over there. <laughs> He's so cute. He's laying on his back. He's looking at us right there. He's very cute. So, yes. All right. We usually meet every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Please give the show a good review on iTunes. If you don't want to give a good review, then fuck off. Don't give any review. You know what I mean? I don't need your shit. I don't need that shit today. I'm doing the best I can. So, you know what I mean? You don't have anything nice to say. I don't want to hear it. Constructive criticism is nice, but if you're just going to say, I don't like your voice. Fuck you. I don't like your face. So, because um, I have had that. I've had, I've had that kind of an email. Who is this woman? I don't like her voice. Well, uh, what shall I do? Shall I, shall I not speak anymore, sir? What's your fucking voice sound like? This is the voice I got. Unfortunately, I was born in Brooklyn, not in Ireland, where I'd probably be a happy person right now. Instead of fighting fascism, which is exhausting. I'm exhausted, except look. That's at least that is in the world. Little Francis Jr. Jr. Look at him. He doesn't give a shit what's going on. He's just like happy. He's happy. Oh, God. What is that like? Um, yeah, I'm sick of it. So I thought I would do a show. I want to. Uh, all right. Here, what's the point here? The goal ultimately is to have a week weekly show. I mean, a weekday show. I should have adjusted this microphone before the show started, but you know how it is. We fly by night. Um, so you uh, you guys, uh, I encourage patronage. I encourage you guys to please click the like on the fucking YouTube channel. All right? Subscribe to the goddamn YouTube channel. There's going to be a lot of cursing tonight. I can sense it. Something's in the air tonight. I think it's a lot of filthy language. And it's also, it's good. It's good for release. It's a good release valve, like when you can't handle it anymore. So, um, yeah, let's see. It, it's also a repercussion of living, sharing the same air with a bunch of morons, half of this country, a bunch of dumbasses that I wish would frankly f just secede. And here comes my other one. Come on over. Come on. Come on. What are you doing? What are you waiting for? People are expecting you. Come on. What are you doing? Get over here. Don't be shy, you silly boy. He's, he was just sitting there. This is from Tara Jr. Jr. Hello. He has no idea right now that he's on the internet. Isn't that amazing? So, alright. Yeah, uh, let's see. I know, my love. I know. These Republicans are monsters. I hear you. So, yeah, let me think here. What am I going to say? What was it? Well, we have uh, what I'm saying. What I'm saying is please support the show. That's where that's where we're going. 
And if you want to support the show, if you want more liberal content, you, that's how we're going to do it. We do it together. We're going to have to do this thing together. This is our show. It's not just me. You guys are the dedicated OG Tara Buster crew, and we're going. We will grow. I have absolutely no doubt. We are growing, and we're going to grow more. So, all right. I just uh, let's see. So. <clears throat> Let's just get into the show. What I think um, I had to say that so I got an email from one of the Tarabusters, and they were like, you know, giving me some advice and whatnot. And I, oh, and they were also just chiming in about because we we've done the past three shows have basically been about the DLC Democrats, and I honestly I can't help it to tell you the truth. I hate the primary season, but because this is what happens. I can't help it. I really, I'm not Tom Hartman. I respect Tom Hartman. He paid for dinner once, so I appreciate that. And I, you know, he does a good show, obviously. I learn a lot from him. He sometimes, uh, Gets on my nerves, a couple of things that he says. Like, for instance, one of the things... Let me just tell you what it, something that I wish he would correct. One of the things... And I, this is all coming from a place of love. A lot of times he says that FDR was a corrupt Democrat. That he ran in... Um, when he was a, the governor, he, he, he was part of that corrupt Tammany Hall machine and look at what happened to FDR how he became a the our greatest modern president frankly in my opinion whose policies still keep millions of Americans out of poverty we're still living in FDR's shadow but the fact is that is not true the i mean that what the last part of what i said is true yes we're still living in his shadow but FDR did not start his career in politics as a corrupt Democrat. He started his career. He, be, he, he made his bones fighting Tammany Hall. That's, that is just the goddamn truth. He went, he went up against the establishment, the corrupt Democratic machine in New York. So... Um, I often, whenever he says that, I will tweet at him. He's never responded, but I'll say, where are you getting this from? Please show your work. Because I'm not, a, I'm not an expert in FDR, but I've read a couple of books, and I, am certainly, I certainly have an interest, and I will consume whatever I can about him, whether it be documentaries or whatever. And uh, I've... I know a little bit about FDR just from reading these books about his life. And that's how he, that's, it's, that's just the truth. I wish it was, I mean, if that's the case, because what he's saying is, what he's trying to say is that, oh, we shouldn't judge, let's say, and this, he, he really um, talked to, he really trotted this fucking bullshit out during, the last electoral election during the last presidential election, trying to say that Hillary, basically comparing Hillary to FDR, and saying that you never know that he's gonna 
become, uh, you know, that, that Hillary will become a new FDR. And, and I had my hopes, too, frankly, because she did. I mean, uh, I would much rather be pushing Hillary left at this point than fighting fascism. I mean, really, wouldn't you? But she did kick off her campaign here in New York in FDR for Freedoms Park on Roosevelt Island. And that's all de deliberate, of course, because she's hopefully yeah, trying. What, what, that's obviously, I was hoping she would want to claim the mantle and, and uh, run with it, of the mantle of, F of an FDR Democrat. And I, I certainly appreciated her, her, her speech when she accepted the nomination. I mean, that was a pretty good speech. So, oh, but anyway, the point is, um, it's just to protect the the machine, the democratic machine right now. We really, we shouldn't um, rewrite history. We shouldn't go back and and disparage our democratic history, of the history of our greatest democratic president. So, and you know what I mean, in my opinion... FDR, although he is a traitor to his class, or was, is more like Bernie. Bernie going up against the entrenched Democratic machine. That's exactly what FDR did in t with the Tammany Hall machine in New York. So don't, I mean, if I'm wrong, please correct me, but I don't think so. Like I said, I'm not an expert, but I am, uh, I know something. I'm knowledgeable on it. So that's why it drives me insane. Because everybody takes Tom Hartman as he is an incredibly smart person. I mean, he writes books like I uh, tweet. You know what I'm saying? So, but um, I wish I could write. I'm trying to write one goddamn book. I can't find the time. That's what I'm saying, guys. But also, in when FDR was the the governor of New York, New York was the only state in the union that had any social programs during the Depression. So he was the governor of New York during the, the Depression. We, ha here in New York, we had an unemployment insurance program here in New York. There were social safety net programs in New York. All of the programs th the, that, uh, that FDR took national, nationally, or, or, uh, they, they had their trial run here in New York. So I don't want to hear this shit that FDR was some, he was part of the Tammany Hall machine. That is not true. That's just simply not true. He was elected as a Tammany Hall. He went up against Tammany Hall and made a lot of en enemies that way. But he didn't give a shit. That's the thing. FDR, he being someone who was born with wealth, I, I believe in, I believe that was just his heart. He had the heart to fight for the little guy. He didn't have to suck up to power. He was power. There was nobody going to, nobody was going to take away his power. So he, that's why I always think, I mean, I could go on thinking about Obama because I always felt, I, I wanted Obama to be the next FDR. And in fact, when he, well, I mean, I was really kidding myself, right? But I, I, but that's what all, we all did in, in America. I believe that Obama was our national Rorschach test in a way. If you were a right winger, you looked at Obama and you saw you know, the end, the end of your white privilege, right? 
I looked at Obama and I saw somebody that was going to save this country from fascism. But, you know, he was more that person, if you really want to dissect him mentally using my psych 101 analysis and my own my own uh, years of therapy that have made me kind of like an armchair therapist, really. But to uh, I believe that Obama, because he was from the, the African American heritage and uh, raised by white people, almost like raised by wolves, right? He um, he was he thought himself to be some kind of peacemaker, some a bridge between these worlds. And in, in fact, he often said that he was equally comfortable speaking in a project as he was in a boardroom with CEOs. And I do believe that he, he didn't want to upset the, the structure. He didn't want to uh, upset the apple cart. He wanted the apple cart to accept him. And by doing that, then he would, then the, uh, they would accept us all on some weird level. That's why he was, he would frustratingly so spit freaking Republican po policies right back at the Republicans as if they were going to turn around and suddenly be normal and work with him. He really thought that he could be that, um, that bridge to build that detente with these fucking fascists. And come on, people, let's let's get real here. Um, how I, I and that's that's putting it generously because. But now, uh, where is Obama? He's you know he's in the elite, but he wasn't born there. You got to. I also you know obviously he was raised by a single mom. He pulled himself up by his bootstraps in this racist ass country to rise to the highest executive office in the land, I, that's, that's quite an accomplishment in this racist-ass country. So you can't take that away from him. But I think that, what, that he's, now that he's in the halls of power, maybe f coming from, this is only me, speculate. I, who the hell knows, right? I'm doing that. I'm trying to psychoanalyze it. Maybe he, he doesn't, because he's not really one of them. Like FDR was. FDR was one of them. They couldn't kick him out. They couldn't revoke his hall pass. They couldn't take his keys to the washroom. No, he was he was born there. They had no right. Do you know what I mean? So he wasn't he wasn't trying to get them to like him. He didn't give a shit. That's why he was a a traitor to his class. And but. On the other hand, somebody who wasn't born into that situation, who becomes one of them, I guess you're always kind of wondering if you really, truly belong. And, I mean, I don't know. That's why he doesn't want to be too mean to them. You know, well, now he's one of them. He's afraid. Who knows? Maybe he doesn't want to, I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not in his head, and but I do uh, think, I know, I mean, we know. He's not, obviously, he's got a, a massive, gigantic ego. You have to have some kind of really off-the-chart view of yourself to even run for president, to think that you are, you know, well, except for Bernie. I believe that Bernie is in it for, 
He's got he's in it for the for us. He's in it for the people. I believe he has his passionate um it's not about him. You know what I mean? More than it's about us. He, and he he truly believes in what he believes in. So and that's just the way, you know, it's like what gets me out of bed on early on a Sunday morning to go feed the uh the cats, the community cats. You know what I mean? And check their shelters. Not not everybody thinks about things like that. When it's cold outside, I think about, I hope the community cats are okay. But this is how, you know, we all make our, but it's because it's my heart. You understand what I mean? I'm not, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody, but you know what I mean. It's it, what's in your heart, you will, you will fight for. So, anyway. And, yeah, but you got to have a real fucking ego. Like, for instance, okay. There's many things I wanted to talk about today. One of the things, there's a couple things, right? Of course, impeachment. I watched that disgusting display of the death of democracy today, the death of this country. It's over, boobies. Unless we really get this this shit back, we're done. And we all know my my belief. I don't want to piss people off, but, you know, I mean, what, what, the reason I brought it up, because in the email that I received from one of the listeners and the viewers, um, I made mention of losing one of our patrons, and I believe that it's probably because of, and I, I have a feeling this person is more of a, um, with the moderates or whatever I should say, and uh, they, I think, after three shows of discussing the DLC Democrats, they probably were like I'm out of here. But I hope they come back. Who knows? I can only be me. That's all I can say. And this is what I believe. I know uh, that you guys probably believe it too because you're here. So, but I, I, it's it's really true. We we're done. If we do not get this back, we're done. Look at what's going on. Look at these fucking fascists. These, could you imagine? Now I want to say, next time a cop pulls me over for whatever reason, a taillight ad or whatever, I hopefully it's not going to be because I'm on a high-speed chase somewhere. But so if they they pull me, I'm gonna I'm gonna a claim. I'm gonna claim executive privilege. I have absolute immunity to do what the fuck I want. How, what is this absolute immunity shit? How many people are lying in their cold early graves because we, we were building a system that didn't have a king with absolute immunity? I Never in my life did I ever think I would live to see this day that they don't even try. They're not even trying anymore, the filthy fascist Republicans. They're, it's right out in the open. And for the most disgusting human being on the planet. The most vile waste of human DNA. Filthy, disgusting Twitler. And all his disgusting um, supporters. Yes, I know, Tara Jr. Jr. He's disgusting, I agree. But last night they had a rally. I, I don't know if you saw after the rally the, in New Jersey. New Jersey is, is basically a blue state. But there's, also, there's morons everywhere. What can you say? And they're all, oh, they're so fragile, these filthy fascists. And when I say filthy fascists, I'm not, I don't mean 
figuratively. I'm talking literally. Look at these filthy fascists. Now, they, a lot of people posted after their disgusting rally uh, where they acted as nothing but the hosts from which this narcissist, this rapaciously sociopathic narcissist sucked narcissistic supply from the dupes. That's what they're there for. They're, they're not autonomous beings. They're, it's like the Matrix. They all have to connect to the host so he can suck the narcissistic su supply out of them. That's their only purpose in life. And then they can go, they can go fuck off and die somewhere without Social Security. That's what they're there for. Cheer, yay! In the meantime, go eat some filthy pig penis parts and uh, toenails that Trump allowed into your food supply. I, maybe it's too much. They're eating too much toenails and uh, pig vaginas. So at the Trump rally, here's a video. All filth, all as far as the eye can see. There they are. Somebody lost their phone. Somebody took this video. They're like, ah, oh, I'm looking for my phone amongst all this filth that all that they that the Trump Anzies left behind. America the beautiful, right? But what can we expect? Because just like their the ideology they love so much and their standard bearer, it's like they're uh, allowing. Just like the, the corporations that they beg for a trickle are allowed to use America the Beautiful as a toilet for, their po for its poisonous waste, for all the corporate waste, they think that America the Beautiful is a toilet for themselves. What the fuck is wrong with these people? It is a f filth-strewn parking lot. I don't know what it looked like. It looks like after the walking dead rise up or something. Well, of course, what am I talking about? You got to be brain dead everywhere you look. Filth. Sorry, I'm losing my voice already. What is wrong with these people? It's not even that it's around the garbage pails that, okay, you could say, all right, the garbage pails filled up and there's a lot of filth around the garbage pail. This shit is all over the place. Everywhere. They're just it's just shit everywhere. What do they what? How much shit do you bring to wait online somewhere to to be a narcissistic supply for a con man? How much shit do you got to bring? You got chairs, papers, obviously no books. Nothing worthy, nothing uh, that's going to enhance them as human beings. Probably a lot of shit, hot dogs, nothing but carbs, sugar. Just shove it in your mouth. Don't think about it. Just keep shoving it in. That's what they do. But what are you going to, what do you expect? That's how they view America the Beautiful. It's a toilet for them. Now, if, if we, if normal people, we wouldn't, believe, we wouldn't do that, though. Normal people, if we left something on the ground after a giant, massive rally, after the Women's March, there would be uh, all over Fox News, of course. But 
not this is this is beyond belief. For those of you on the on the podcast, I'm just describing what what I'm seeing here. It's not it's unbelievable amount of garbage. It's like you went to a trash bit uh, like a like a dump. You know, my father was a garbage man. Sometimes I had to go to the dump with him. This is what it looks like. The dump. What the fuck? Chairs, bags. Shit's ripped up all over the place. There are a lot of chairs. They just leave their chairs behind. I guess they're too much to carry. Because they're as weak as kittens, these fuckers. They, 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 never, they haven't broken a sweat since 1979. Oh, God. It's so vile. Ugh. So there you go. America the Beautiful. But what can we expect? That's how much they love America. It's nothing but a toilet, a toilet, a toilet, a toilet for their poisonous way. I might as well just cut to the chase. It's toilet and poison, a toilet. But it's, it's par for the course because Twitler, that's what he's done. He has, uh, I guess they allow, because they allow the corporations to poison and pollute and dump their shit all over America the Beautiful. So they think think that, oh, that's what they, that's what you do as a human being. You just throw your shit wherever, wherever you are. Let somebody else clean it up. That's an embarrassment. Could you imagine? It's embarrassing. You bring, bring somebody from Denmark to that event and let them see what you've left behind. I remember years ago, I was working at Staten Island Community Television, and we had a, an artist, a resident filmmaker, come down and make a film. John Grayson is his name. He's, he's a pretty well-known filmmaker now. Anyway, he's from Canada. Great person and great guy. I sound like Trump now. Great guy. Amazing. Amazing guy. Very highly respected. And, you know, I was talking about Canada... And there was, he was making a film, he said, in Canada, and it had to, they had to make it look like New York. So they were shooting a scene in Canada that was supposed to be taking place in New York. How did they, they dressed the street with garbage. They, they put, it, put the garbage out on the streets. And when they broke for lunch and came back, the set had been cleared out. They had already cleaned up. The garbage, because they thought it was garbage, for real. So, and, you know, you just got to work really hard to be filthy in other places. And it's just a matter of respect. How do you think of, what do you think about you? What do you think about your environment? If you want to know somebody, what's going on in somebody's heart, look, look around them. Look, where are they, are they sitting in a pile of shit? Then you got to say, are you okay? Is this, uh, is this a cry for help? Do you need an intervention? When you look at a group of people, not only are they lined up to see a con man, they're, they're sitting in shit. Look at this. I, I don't know. I've been to a lot of rallies. I've been to a lot of places where there's crowds, massive crowds, and I've never seen anything like this left behind, especially uh, liberals. Now, uh, now, not that the people don't make garbage, but liberals, you try. You don't, you're not just sh- throwing your shit on the floor. 
We're the kind of people that put shit in our pocket and then we throw it out. When we can find a proper receptacle, even in a, in a giant rally, you're not going to find this shit. This is an insult. It's a disgrace. Trump likes to use that word. It's a, this is a fucking disgrace. But, you know, um, last night there, all over Twitter, too, and even today, they're touting how many people came out to see the filthy, disgusting con man. And honestly, it's true. There were a lot of people. I don't know how many, but I think there was like, they were waiting online, though. It doesn't really matter. The, the fact is, it is true. There are a lot of um, people that are extremely passionate about this con man. That's how republics die. And this is why I'm constantly saying that if we don't have a, if we don't have a candidate that generates at least the equal amount of, of enthusiasm, then we're doomed. We are doomed. So the, the, the uh, filthy, disgusting... Oh, wait, I hit the wrong button. Did I hit the wrong button? No. Yes, that's my... That's, look at that. See? Now you can see what I see. That's me. I see all the windows open. You see, that's Twitter. That's you guys over here in the corner. I can see your chats. I see zero super chats. I see, well, I'm just saying. And that's, it is what it is. You know, I go, I went on a show yesterday. I was watching some show. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that this is what I expect from you. But some guy got a fucking $500 super chat. And I was like, why don't they come to my show? I'm not saying put a 500, you know what I'm saying? But I'm, I was just like, who's, who's got it like that? Why don't they come on to Tara Buster? Maybe they'll get here eventually. So, blah, blah, blah. what was I going to say? Yeah. I like the weekday specials because it's kind of, it's just free flowing. I don't have to look at the clock as much, even though I do like to get unconscious Sometimes, because I love being unconscious. But, yeah. So, the other thing at, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this. This is another clip I grabbed. The the poor, little, fragile fascists are very upset about the, um, they were laughed at on CNN. Did, I don't know if you saw this clip. I'll just play it. This is uh, Don Lemon and... Who else? Rick Wilson, a former Republican Rick Wilson. Obviously, it's false. And look, he also knows deep in his heart that Donald Trump couldn't find Ukraine on a map if you had the letter U and a picture of an actual physical crane <laughs> next to it. He knows that this is, you know, an, an administration defined by ignorance of the world. And so that's partly him playing to their base and playing to their audience, uh, you know, the, the, the credulous boomer rube demo that backs Donald Trump. Um, that, that wants to think that, that, that Donald Trump's a smart one and they're, oh, y'all, y'all, y'all elitists are dumb. You, you elitists with your geography and your maps and your spelling, even though my math yeah, you're reading, you know, your geography, knowing other countries, 
Sipping your latte. All those lines on the map. Uh, <laughs> only the Melitas know where Ukraine is. Well, if you guys don't know what they're referring to, it's that story with, uh, with filthy, disgusting Mike Pompeo, who, who harassed, was it Mike Pompeo? Yes, or Barr. Now I'm getting them confused. Mike, wait, hold on. Mike Pompeo... And uh, the NPR reporter had a he blew up on this NPR reporter and demanded say bring in, bring me a map with no with no countries on it and he demanded she point out Ukraine on a map because nobody cares about Ukraine so that means you could just use it like a uh, a slush fund. Use use the defense money that the United States Congress is sending to defend the fledgling democracy from the the clutches of Putin. Just use it as a personal campaign fi- finance slush fund for Twitter. And you know that's all well and good. These are the Republicans now. You know what I mean? They are all. Um, Twitter gave this uh, Pompeo a shout out. He gave him a slap on the back. Good work for treating this reporter, this NPR reporter, Mary Louise Kelly, who is actually highly respected and knows what the fuck she's talking about. She did pick Ukraine out on a map. Maybe the dumb dumbs who sit in their own shit at a Trump rally waiting online to be Twitler's narcissistic supply, they can't pick out Ukraine on a map, obviously. They can't pick out anything. What can they? They don't even know what the fuck they are. Thank, for, thank you to GPS. Hopefully they can find their way home, assholes. Unfortunately, they'll find their way to the voting booth. But uh, now it's the triumph of the morons. And somebody today actually was saying to me, someone, uh, a very nice person, but because I, I have no tolerance, guys. I just don't. I consider it, I take it personally. When someone is a Republican, it completely taints me in, the, in, my, in my eyes. They, they are tainted. They, if I find out that, let's say, obviously, I I'm not trying to have a fight with everybody I meet, but let's say I meet somebody. For instance, if I'm if someone I would never date a Republican, there's no way I couldn't do it. I just can't. I can't. I'm sorry. It's a deal breaker. You know what I mean? It's how can you? I find it offensive. And now I do have friends who are Republicans, and there, but there are. I'm trying to think now who not. I, I do hold it against them. I'm sorry. There, uh, because there's like problems. The, some people that all right. I'm thinking of somebody in particular who I know who is gay, and she's fucking Republican. But it's another. It, it, there's a lot of problems. She's got problems. Do you know what I mean? She doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about half the time. She's she's very frightened constantly. So. And she think I remember um, she got laid off from all you know a, a job that she had for many years, 
and they, uh, yeah, we were talking to her. She was on Cobra. I mean, yes, this sucks. It sucks to have to be on Cobra because it's expensive, but at least you have it. Thanks to Ted Kennedy, okay? She had unemployment insurance. She had whatever she had to ease the, the blow. Uh, and to help her transition into her next gig after many, many years in one gig, not knowing what the fuck she was going to do. And we were like, who gave you Social Security or your um, unemployment insurance? Thank you, Democrats. She, but they don't put it together, you see. They don't have the courtesy or the manners or the maturity or the self-awareness to simply say thank you. Thank you. And know who the fuck side is, who's on their side. And now Twitler's coming for Social Security. Are they, everything that Republicans touch, they destroy. There's no doubt. And that's what I was saying to my friend, because she was saying to me, I don't hold it against them. I can't, you know, she was trying to, like, say that it's not right of me to hold it against people who vote Republican and I'm like, yeah, she's like, some people here voted Republican and uh, or these people or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I do hold it against them. I, can sit, I, I think there's something wrong. Give me 10 minutes with them. If they were honest we, and we would have an honest conversation, I'd get to the bottom of it if they were truly honest. What is it? Is it racism? Is it fear? Is it ignorance? Is it willful ignorance? What is, the, what is the underlying issue? Why you're voting for these autocrats, for the death of democracy, for people who will slit your own throat, who will steal your wallet and help you look for it, who lie to your faces while they're laughing, dancing all the way to the bank on your back. Why, who, they, these people who say they, you know, they like, they want to, they love America. What, what do you love about it? What is it? Do you love the pur- purple mountains majesty, the fl- fruited plains? Well, they're blowing the tops off the mountains. They, they want to frack the fruited plains. What do you love? You love having, uh, yeah, oh, I don't like socialism. Well, what the fuck does that mean? You like socialist security. You like your socialist unemployment benefits. You like your socialist... I mean, uh, this is socialism. We are social beings. There are some things that we can do together that we do better together than we do alone, and that's socialism. We get together as government, and we say, we want to do this. Corporations can do that. They can't do this. You got to treat people like not just hosts from which to suck profit. What is the meaning of an economy? Is it just to make a couple of people rich? Or is it to ensure that we all have a decent life? And we're not running around eating pig's toenails like the Republicans want. Because it's more, it's le- it's more money for them at the top to eat pig's toenails. And those, you guys know what I'm talking about. Trump, in case you don't know what I'm talking about, they deregulated the FDA and the pork industry, meaning the dead pig slaughter industry, that, oh, well, the alive pig slaughter making pigs dead industry, and now instead of, uh, they rolled back, there were not, there were six inspectors on the line, on the murder line, now there's zero, okay, and you self-report, and they have also, so, you know, hey, 
Hey, Johnny Trolley on the pig slaughter line. Um, any, uh, any vaginas, any pig vaginas or pig toenails in the pig death today? No, no. Nothing but a clean death. No suffering, no vaginas, no balls, no scrotums, no pig, to pig toenails, nothing. Chow down. So, yeah, self-report. You know how that's worked out so well. Hey, these two are fighting now. My God. Francis! Stop that. Francis! You hear them? Thank you, Haiku, for the super chat. He's coming over. Come here. Come here. We want to talk to you. Come here. Uh-oh. Get over here. Ah! He doesn't want to come. <laughs> He's like, no! All right. Oh, thank you for the super chat. God damn it. Hi, Coog. Jim isn't here, so he usually starts off with a super chat, like right out of the gate. But you're good. You guys are good because you're already patrons anyway. So I'm not trying to guilt you. Maybe I am a little. I don't know. I'm just trying. What am I trying to do? I just want to get more. Get more. Whatever. You can't just wish it away. We got to do it. Get more patrons and viewers. If it's like that catch 22, you know what I mean? I would be able to get more viewers and patrons if I was able to produce a show every goddamn day, but I can't until we get more patrons and viewers and supporters. You know what I mean? So we're kind of in the... We're caught. We are caught. Where's Francis? Francis! Alright, whatever. Yes, guys, thank you for all your support and for listening to me. I don't know. What was I talking about? Pigs' vaginas and, yeah, chow down everyone. Oh, and, and they're, it's coming to the beef industry, too, meaning the dead cow industry. It's, they're doing to the dead cow industry what, they're gonna, what they already did to the pork industry. And the, the inspectors who take an oath to, to, to the people of the United States, to, they take an oath to I don't know what the exactly the oath says but that's what they do they do take an oath they they are charged with the food supply people eat that shit and they're literally eating shit because now there's feces feces that's right it's not just toenails it's pigs feces because when you die you shit yourself so a pig who is smarter than a dog they're suffering they you know they know what's coming they see their their buddy over there getting sliced and they're fuck I'm going to die so they you know, they die, uh, they shit themselves, and now you're, uh, it's in the food supply. And they're saying it's not a matter of if or maybe. It is a matter of, yes, it's happening. Because they said 92% of the, of the food supply, of the pork, the pigs, the dead pigs, are, are affected. So chow down, guys. I don't know. I don't eat that shit. I, you know how I feel about it. We're not talking about it tonight because I'm I will cry. Thank you, Mark C. <laughs> You're funny. No guilt. 
it's because you're awesome. Thank you. I needed to hear that because sometimes I get, I guess it's, um, you know, the world is your mirror kind of thing. So I start thinking nobody likes me. <laughs> I don't know. Not me. You know, yes, me a little, but. I start thinking, what what am I doing? Maybe I should not do this. You know what I mean? I do think that because it is, but it's go, it's going, it's getting better. It's always that self-doubt. You know what I mean? We all have it. We have to fight it every day. I fight it. Every time I wake up, I'm like, ugh, get me out of here. No, you, you do it anyway. That's what I always say. Do it anyway. That's That should be my motto, frankly. I do it anyway. In spite of how I feel, even though I'm nervous or I'm doubt, I have doubt. You do it anyway. You show up anyway. You fight anyway. Just like we're how we're going to win. We will win anyway, in spite of the odds, in spite of the naysayers, in spite of the fascism, the powerful, that they have the mouthpieces all over the corporate media. In spite of them, we will win. Because we are on the right side of history. And we are on the right side of humanity. They know that. That's why Twitler has to run as a liberal. He has to run as somebody who cares about the dumb fuckers who pollute and, and trash the parking lot. You know what I mean? The other thing, getting back to that just briefly. The, how did they... Look behind, you know, when I get up somewhere, you look and you you clean up after yourself. How did these fuckers just go, all right, we're going in, and they just left a, 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 a bomb of pollution. Not, I mean, with the pollution, litter. It's just crap. Could you imagine that's how they live? You got to go to their homes, see how they live. Then you know what's going on in their minds. But Twitter's going to make it okay. And they're making fun. So, oh yeah. So to get back to the Rick Wilson, um, it was, so they all went nuts. All over, all over Twitter. Where is this Megan McCain bitch? She was like, I can't stand her. You know that. She's the worst. She, she's everything that's, uh, just another example of everything that's wrong with this country. There's your meritocracy there. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and be born to rich parents. So she tweeted that you can't complain about the country being divided and then blatantly exhibit such sheer disgust at the side you disagree with. What are they disagreeing with? The side. The side of ignorance? The side of willful ignorance and stupidity. Everybody knows Twitler is a moron who, who doesn't, who, who hasn't read a book. Who's, he didn't even read Mein Kampf. He had it on his bed table. He probably picked it up in, uh, just to put uh, prayers into or to use as when he took an oath. But... This is what I'm saying. Oh, we're such a divided country. Divided between stupidity and not stupidity. All Trump has to do is clip from this CNN 
and he has a very effective ad for 2020. This is on Megan McCain's Twitter feed because she's the mouthpiece, the spokesperson for the ignorant, I suppose. She feels very fragile. She feels personally offended. They're laughing at the dum-dums who have elevated the chief dum-dum into the highest executive office. Why? I thought we were a great country. Why is stupidity given such a, a wide berth? We're supposed to venerate stupidity? We're supposed to cultivate stupidity? We're supposed to be like, okay, they have the right. I disagree with stupidity. I disagree? The, the side you disagree with. I, yeah, I, I, I kind of disagree with stupid. I think uh, I really disagree with willfully stupid. I, I mean, come on. This is where we're at. This is why we're a divided country. I'm sick of it. Hearing the mouthpieces in the corporate media constantly bemoaning the divided country while they keep us divided. We're not divided because Rick Wilson laughs at the moron in the White House and his dum-dums, all the, who he surrounds himself with. FDR had his brain trust. What, Trump has his no-brains trust. No brains, no trust. Forget it. No, if you have a brain, you're not in the inner circle. There's, that's no doubt. You don't have a brain. You, you are required not to have a brain, much less morals. You're not, not, forget it. A brain, no brain, no soul. You got to be devoid of all of that. Oh, I thought we were a great country. Now we're, we're, we have to tread lightly around stupidity while the whole world laughs at us. They're not laughing at us because you're great, Megan McCain, or the morons who vote with, in, in lockstep with Megan McCain. They're laughing at you because you're a dum-dum. Please. We, there should be laughter at these idiots. If only they were merely comical. But they're destroying the world. The stupid. Well, we have to be, well, we got to be um, politically correct now. I thought they hated political correctness. We got to be politically correct for the stupid. But they're not politically correct for, the, uh, for just being a decent human being. That's all that political correctness is. It's just being a decent person. If somebody wants to be called something, you call them that. They want to be called uh, whatever. Like, I, I, I don't know if I told that story. Come on. He's sitting there. Jump, jump, jump. They're not listening to me tonight. Must be something in the air. But, yes, um... What was I talking about? Yeah, the uh, I was working on, I told you this once before, for those who are new, I was working on this show called, because I work in TV. That's my job, my day job. I do TV, right? But um, I would like to do this TV. If you guys become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin, one day we will have a daily show. Anyway, I was working on a show called Little Women L.A. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's an amazing show. Okay. 
I just do the promo, the promo animations, okay? I do animations, like, um, for instance, I did Mike Malloy's animation, you know what I mean? For his video, for the opening of his video show. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. That's another story. Anyway, so I was working on that show, and somebody, one of the guys I was working with, he said, M word, meaning a little person. Okay, you know what the word is? Midget. I don't even like saying it because it's a, it is offensive. It's a, it's a demeaning term, but just to illustrate a point. He called them M-words, okay? And um, not being mean. And I said, look, um, they're not, if they heard you say that, they would not be happy. So they don't like that. They, li- they want to be called little people. And... He's like, oh, God, what now? Now I can never say anything. What do they want to be called next week? Now here's a straight white man who's never had to correct somebody on how they want to be addressed. You know what I mean? They're always Mr. and Sir and, you know, gentleman or whatever. No one has ever offended them. And I said, what the fuck do you care? Just call them what they want to be called. What is the big effing deal? He's all, oh, my, I gotta, he's so put upon by calling somebody what they want to be called. And I was like, not, I didn't say it to him in a mean way. I was just correcting him so he didn't get in trouble. I didn't say something stupid and look like an ignoramus in front of people that will take it very personally. (laughs) And so it just it stuck with me because he was so upset about it you know what i mean and i was just like what do you give a shit you're a fucking straight white guy call these people what they want to be called call i mean what is what skin off your ass is that but that's what it is it's just about being a decent person okay i'm not saying he's not a decent person he didn't know he that's what that's the word that's why probably why he felt defensive about it he he didn't mean to be stupid and sound ignorant and then he was corrected and he was like probably felt like he wasn't you know he wasn't uh deliberately being mean you know what I mean he wasn't trying to be demeaning so he stepped in it unconsciously but that's how we grow and I would hope that you guys would point some stuff out to me if I say something that's not correct. You know what I mean? That's how we learn. We're not all perfect. And so, of course, people have the right to be called what they want to be called. And anyway, I uh, it's not about, uh, you know, these, these effing Republicans. They're all about, oh, political correctness. It's just, what is killing us? Oh, it's dividing us. What is it now? We're so divided. Political correctness? Political correctness is just being a decent person. Being someone capable of functioning in a diverse country of 320 million people who knows they're not the center of the universe. But, you know, the center of the universe is a crowded place filled with disgusting, filthy fascist Republicans who couldn't pull a fucking hair for what they, other people think or what they want to be called. But you better, better call them what they want to be called, right? Otherwise, wah, wah, they're such whiners. 
Nobody whines as much as the fascist snowflakes. The f- I mean, really. Such a bunch of fucking whiny bitches constantly. I thought they were so tough. I thought that they were so strong. But they're all, they're making fun of us. CNN is making fun of us. Well, you know what? There's a, there's a place for public shaming. Because it's really not okay to have a, a gigantic 73-year-old toddler who couldn't put, put, um, pick Ukraine out on a map, map if his fucking life depended on it. If Stormy Daniels was spanking him with a, with a uh, co- rolled-up copy of whatever, a Fortune magazine with his picture on it. <sighs> you know he, he doesn't know where Ukraine is. He doesn't give a shit. But we're all supposed to be so hurt. Oh, I'm sorry, snowflakes. And they were all, all over the corporate media and the fascist media. The right-wingers were, they were flying out, um, just their asses all red from the, from the butt hurt and the tears, the liberal tears, they, except they were drinking their own tears, I suppose. Steve, who, who the hell is Steve Krackner? Expat Northerner, adopted Texan. Who is who? The fuck is he? Oh, he's from the Blaze. Yeah, I'm sure he's not. A, he doesn't have to beg on Patreon. Well, not beg, but um, the arrogance, the dismissiveness, the smug, cackling, the accents. If Donald Trump wins re-election this year, I'll remember this brief CNN segment late one Saturday night in January as the perfect encapsulation for why it happened. Really? I won't. Why, why it will happen. First of all, he received fewer votes, and he's in the minority. Republicans are in the minority. That's the problem. They know they're going the way of the Whigs. They know the demographics are against them. Yet, they hate America, they hate democracy, they love power, they love money, they love them, they, well, they don't, they hate themselves ultimately, but they, they need stuff. They can't, they're not here on earth in this brief moment of time to make the world a better place. They're not here to share with us, to share the, you know, to share this community, the country that they couldn't fucking give a shit about that they use as nothing but a host from which to suck profit. But, you know, the, uh, they're, they, if Donald Trump wins re-election, I'll remember this brief CNN segment, why it happened. No, no, no. It never, it, this, that's not why it happened. It, it, ha- it would happen, in my opinion, not because the little fascists are butthurt, but because we don't run the pro- appropriate candidate. That's, in my opinion... The uh, the candidate that has at least equal momentum and somebody that wants to really uh, fix this broken system. And you know who I'm talking about. We want Bernie. We want Bernie. Oh, thank you, Deborah. Another super chat. You guys are my... You're my... The base here. I knew I would feel better getting on the show tonight. But, yeah, so anyway, here's one thing I wanted to play. Another thing. I'm sorry if you're upset about me bashing the DLCers. It's going to continue briefly right now because I saw this. There's a couple of things. So we want to talk about this, what I'm going to play right now. 
Um, and then I want to talk about, there's many things. I have so many things online, but we also, we have the Saturday show. Um, so I guess we can tease the Saturday show and hopefully people will show up there too. But anyway, I don't know if you guys saw this. On Morning Joe, every day we know is a Bernie bash. Every fucking day. That's partly why, I have to tell you, I feel almost, uh, I have to respond to it because there's, who, who, do, who do we have? We have nobody on the corporate media. We have, we have us. And I often imagine that, ima- just imagine how, how well Bernie would be doing if, he, if somebody on the corporate media would ever say something nice about him. They're always talking about how, oh, he's not a, de- this is the, the other thing we were talking about last time, how Bernie's not a Democrat. And I, and I was talking to uh, Lee from New York City, and uh, we emailed back and forth a couple of times. And he said, well, the, uh, the Democrat thing, how the Democrats are, uh, how they say Bernie's not a Democrat, why can't we get a Democrat? He's a Democrat. He caucuses with the Democrats. This is my my stance, what I feel. And what is a Democrat? It's, what is a Democrat? What does it mean to be a Democrat? That's what we were talking about last time. They could never answer that. What is a Democrat? Is it somebody who will want to, who wants to slam the middle class into a wall at 50 miles an hour instead of the 90 miles an hour Republicans demand? I don't get it. Or is it somebody who, who is for the FDR policies that built the middle class? Anyway, so, and, and the other thing, Bloomberg. Bloomberg's not a Democrat. He, re- he was fucking Republican mayor of New York. But I never hear anybody talking about Bloomberg is not a Democrat. You don't hear that on the corporate media. So that just goes to show you what they're about. They are terrified of Bernie Sanders. So uh, in the establishment, in the ivory tower, and I'm talking about uh, in the Democratic establishment as well, just as terrified as Tammany Hall was of FDR when he came in vowing and ultimately reforming Tammany Hall, bringing the Tammany Hall machine to heal, the corruption to heal. So anyway, so they love Pete Buttigieg. Mika Brzezinski is so annoying. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, why? Why are these people on television? It's amazing. Nobody cares. It's just that they have this wide platform. And every other day they'll have, they alternate, I suppose. Well, sometimes they'll have them on the same day. Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar. Pete Buttigieg, well, then they'll have Joe Biden. You know what I mean? We have, oh, Pete Buttigieg. Mika Brzezinski loves Pete Buttigieg. She said, oh, he's so adorable the other day. I wanted to, I just woke up. And I already wanted to vomit. He's so adorable. No, he's not. He's boring, and he doesn't say anything. This is what I, I'm talking about. He, he compares himself to Obama, but he's got zero charisma. You talk about Obama. Obama could speak. You could. That's why he was our national Rorschach test. I, that's why I did hope for the next FDR, sp- listening to him. What the hell does Pete Buttigieg say? I never heard so much nothing in, in, in so many words. 
to say absolutely nothing. So let me play this clip and you'll know what I'm talking about. Back to Morning Joe, along with Willie Joe and me, joining us now. Democratic presidential candidate, former Mayor Pete Buttigieg of Pete South Buttigieg. Bend, Indiana. Great to have you back on the show on this Monday morning. So, Good to be with you. Uh, Mayor, Mayor Pete, I'm wondering, I'm going to start out with a question about this. I mean, think about that. Mayor Pete, fuck off. Mayor? Talk about arrogance. Mayor Pete, who's 34. Get the hell out of here with this. But anyway, let me let me just play this, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Because he says Zippo, nothing. Fundraising email that I'm looking at right now that came from your campaign. It's actually Bernie from first. your deputy campaign manager, um, which says a lot of things, but also this. Bernie oh, Sanders right. performs the worst against President Trump compared to all major candidates. So I guess my question to you is how so? He pulls this out of his ass. I, well, I'm just pointing this out. He makes up a poll, shows no, nothing. It's like they, show, they don't show their work. It's like the Bernie bro thing. Oh, Bernie bros, are all, they're all over the, the web going nuts. Show me. But here's, here we go. Well, uh, we've seen uh, polling data come back uh, showing that uh, I would be the best candidate to take on Donald Trump. And I think uh, one of the things. Talk about, are you kidding me? Bullshit. Bullshit. Just pedal that bullshit. We see polling. He sounds like Twitler. In the, oh, yeah, uh, the greatest, the best. I'm going to win. Uh, uh, the polling data. Some people say, my friend, J what does he have? Uh, yeah, my friend Jim says, we've seen polling data. Well, can we sh see that polling data too? Can you share that polling data? Because we, we're getting a lot different polling data. Is that many voters I have many uh, voters. encountered on Your the trail have in common. Too? By the way, not just true blue Democrats, but independents and a lot of Republicans. Who Bullshit. This is their, me their meme here. Oh, I can win Republicans. Bullshit. Don't buy the bullshit. Like Harry Truman said, when people have a choice between a Democrat and a Republican who acts... Wait, no. A Republican and a Democrat who acts like a Republican, they will pick the genuine article every time. They don't want a Democrat who acts like a Republican. That's why Bernie Sanders is the best choice to beat Twitler because he's an outsider. And he will get, he, and does have, that right-leaning, independent voter supporting him because he's not full of shit. And they know that. He's not on the take. Sick of this president. Okay. Uh, big thing that so many this. folks have in common is the importance of defeating this president. Now, that's not just about mm. ideology. It's about a lot of things. What we know for sure is we're not going to be able to beat Donald Trump by recycling the same political mindset that brought us to this point. What I'm offering is something completely different, and I'm insisting that what it takes to govern is also what it's going to take to win. I'm the what the fuck did he just say? Nothing. I'll, an I'll answer that question. Anybody tell me? We need something completely different. I'm offering something different. 
is the importance of defeating this president. Now, that's not just about ideology. It's about a lot of things. What we know for sure is we're not going to be able to beat Donald Trump by recycling the same political mindset that brought us to this point. What I'm offering is something completely different, and I'm insisting that what it takes to govern is also what it's going to take to win. I'm the best candidate to do that, to turn the page, to move us. To turn? What the fuck is he saying? I wanted to... I, I wanted to explode. I'm sorry I keep stopping it, but it's only so much bullshit. You can only take it in in sh short doses. A lot of things. What we know for sure is we're not going to be able to beat Donald Trump by recycling the same political mindset that brought us to this point. What I'm offering is something completely different, and I'm insisting that what it takes to govern is also what it's going to take to win. I'm the best candidate to do that, to turn the page, to move us into a different future. And that's uh, uh, such a priority right now, knowing that this is our one shot, our only shot to defeat this president. Turn the page, move us into a different future. What? And that's what they're selling. Nothing. Zippo. He thinks it's like he's like, Obama with his change we can believe in. But at least Obama had some plans. He talked about things. What the fuck is he talking about? Move us into a different future. Turn the page. It's a new day. A new day is dawning. Uh, what? Oh, oh, hey, he almost fell. What the fuck? I'm talking is about something completely now. different, and I'm insisting completely that what different? it takes to No, govern... honey, you're not completely different. You're the same. You're boring. You're... You're so transparent. I don't get it. A friend of mine who you guys, I mean, he's, uh, you, I don't know if you know him. He's one of the, he is part of the RDT Daily crew, our very small crew of people that work on the site. Anyway, he said, you know who I like? Uh, he's not listening to the show. Pete Buttigieg. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Pete Buttigieg. And I, I just went off and said, everything I'm saying to you guys, but that I guess it really does work on some people. That's what they want. It's the same kind of people that I guess maybe they're not paying attention to politics and they turn on Morning Joe and they're like, yeah, I, I want to turn a page. Yeah, I want something completely different. Yeah, New Day is dawning. We want new ideas not that he's not saying anything it's nothing but empty rhetoric and i mean this is inspiring i don't find this very inspiring at all i'm just when i first saw it in fact my my jaw was on the floor i couldn't believe that he had really uh, i mean obama talked about the audacity of hope this is like the audacity of nope are you fucking kidding me audacity to sit on the corporate media but i guess he's in a he's in a friendly he's in a friendly community that he's in somebody that thinks he's adorable he's like you're adorable pete Buttigieg. you could see you can hear the beaming smile in her voice pete Buttigieg, you're adorable what are you selling this is what the dlc corporate wing of the establishment sitting in the ivory tower this is what they offer nothing nothing but platitudes a nice guy in a suit 
Oh, a veteran, somebody who, in my opinion, wore the uniform because it was, he ticked it off on his political career aspiration resume, not because of any other reason. So he can get up there and say, I'm a veteran, and get some kind of street cred that way. But, okay, that's just my, so I don't know. I don't. That's my feeling that I get about him. Not, I mean, everybody has many different reasons to join the military. Not everybody's in there for altruism, that's for sure, at all. Not that you're, not that it, the military, that's just probably a stupid thing to say because the military is not an altruistic um, organization, to put it mildly. But you're in there. Many people are in there for different reasons. They're in there because they have nothing. Some people were in there because they had no family. I can understand that, why they would join, because you automatically, you have a family. Your uh, people are in there because they're poor. They have no money. They want to go to school, which, think about that. How, what a violation of the dreams of the founders to have poor people joining the military because they need, they need education. Because uh, Thomas Jefferson boasted, we, we don't have a standing army because our, our men are so happy at home they won't hire themselves out to be shot or something like that for a, for a shilling or a pence or sixpence or something. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, this is what, they, this is what they're off- offering. Change. This is change you can believe in. It's a gay man, you see. That's about it. Okay. Anything else you need? Oh, well. Here's a subsidy. Now, let's go on our corporate media show and decry how divided the country is. But we're not going to do anything to fix it. We're not going to decry the system. We're going to say they, they don't even decry it too much either. These are, uh, on the corporate media, they go from, they'll go from a story how we have such a great economy, and I've seen this. They go from, when when Twitler shut down the government, for how many times he did, I can't remember now, a couple of times he's already shut the the government down. When Twitler shut down the government during the holidays, I think it was, not not this holiday, the last, whatever it was, doesn't matter, and they went from a story of how, uh, how, what a great economy it is into a story about um, the American people who are victims of Twitler's shutdown g- having to go to food banks. This, there's, there's a disconnect, cognitive dissonance. They think it's a great economy. It's a great economy if you're sitting in the, in the green room of MSNBC. It's a great economy in the ivory tower. Yes, it is. As they're decrying, they'll go from how, what a divided country we are. And right into another story about how, well, Medicare for all will make millions of Americans lose their private health insurance. But we're so divided, don't you see? Not giving a shit about the millions who have zero health care now, but they'll say, you know what I mean? There's no, they don't put it together. Of course we're divided because you, you, they peddle division. 
And that's why FDR made Social Security belong to all of us. And that's the only way we're going to move forward is together. All these subsidies, the turning the page, offering something different. It's beyond belief. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. How, who buys this bullshit? This is nothing but empty calories. The big thing that so many folks have in common is the importance of defeating this president. Now, that's not again. just about ideology. It's about a lot of things. What we know for sure is we're not okay, going to be able to... Okay, let's just go through all the bullshit statements. It's not just about ideology. It's about a, a lot of things. Bullshit. I mean, just the bullshit. Not that it's not... You know what I'm saying. Here's a bullshit statement. What does that mean? It's not about ideology. It's about a lot of things. Okay. You're really fucking taking a bold stand, brother. It's not about ideology. I'm, a, I'm voting for the guy who says it's not about ideology. It's, a lot, it's about a lot of things. Wow. We, we've come a long way, baby. What are you talking about? What, what, what a lot of things. Like, like what? Can you come up with a couple of examples? Republicans who are sick of this president. The uh, big thing that so many folks have in common is the importance of defeating, defeating this okay, president. Yes. Now, that's not just about ideology. It's about a lot of things. A lot of things, okay. We know for sure is we're not going to be able to beat Donald Trump by recycling the same political mindset. that. Recycling the same... What the fuck does that mean? We're not going to beat him by recycling the same political mindset. What?! Explain. Break it down. You, you're a Rhodes Scholar. Break it down in five languages for us. Us to this point. What I'm offering is something completely different, and I'm in... What you're offering is something completely different? What? 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 Tell us. Can you let us in on it? It's not about ideology. It's about something different. I, I, what the... What? that what it takes to govern is also what it's going to take to win. I'm the what it takes to govern is what it's going to take to win. ...candidate to do that, to turn the page, to... To turn the... I mean, I want to bang my head against the wall because I am the inanity. How many words does it say to say something, to say absolutely nothing? us into a different future and into a different future yeah honey it's gonna be different fucking tomorrow will be different from today tomorrow's thursday today's wednesday that's different what are you talking about it's uh, uh, such a priority right now knowing that this is our one shot our only shot to defeat this president mayor Buttigieg, it's willie oh, geis God. it's good to see oh, you this God. morning uh, we've I'm been talking about it's an overload of white assholes right now of white males. I was going to say straight. He's not straight, of course, but he was straight for many years. He, he only came out recently. That's the other thing. That's fine. Like I say, everybody has their process of coming out. But don't, when he, he, he touts his being elected as a gay dude in Mike Pence's Indiana, he didn't run as a gay dude, okay? He was in the closet. And he was dating overly, openly, supposedly dating women. He was running as a, not in the closet. 
I mean, not uh, not as an out gay man, as a gay dude. Give me a break with that whole dude. Everything's annoying me now about him. <laughs> dude, please. Polling out this morning that has a tight cluster of you all in the state of Iowa from poll to poll between Senator fuck. Sanders, Vice President Biden, you, Elizabeth Warren is there too. It could Elizabeth Warren is offering something different too. She's turning a page. She's it's not about ideology. It's about some, saying sh- a lot of words and meaning absolutely nothing. Any four of you really? Amy Klobuchar had one good. Amy Klobuchar. That's another one. Anybody? I have not met a single human being that's like, oh, I, I, I'm so excited about Amy Klobuchar. I mean, I've never heard it. Yesterday as well. So Except on the corporate media, of course. Come on. Really? What's the separation point for you? You've been in Iowa a lot. You've talked to a lot of people. Look You've been in a lot of VFW white halls. <laughs> what is going it's to separate you, to a young mayor from South everywhere. Bend, Indiana, from Senator Sanders, well, or someone as established as the former vice president of the United States? Well, I think, uh, again, it's the opportunity to turn the page, and it's the imperative. It's the opportunity to, what are we fucking turning the page? If and we'll be turning the page with anybody turning the page. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to turn the page. I don't know what's on that fucking page because it's like a mystery page. It's like, please, I can't wait to see what's on that page. Tell us. I, I get you. You know what? You don't have to tell me. It's the same shit that's always been on the page. That's the problem. It's the same kiss-up, kick-down, DLC promises of a kinder, gentler corporatism. I want to be turning a page. Ideology. Half century. Every single time the Democratic Party has captured the White House, certain things have been true about the nominee, without exception. It's been somebody who's new on the national scene, hasn't run for president before, does not have an office in Washington or hasn't had it for very long and is opening the door to a new generation. You're not a new face on the scene, honey. You're old. You're the same old bullshit that we've been swallowing, frankly. That's why they love him. This is a problem. As FDR said, know me by my enemies. Know him by his friends, too. You got to know them by their friends. I don't see Bernie hanging out in a wine cave. I don't, I mean, of course, that's how it works. It's human nature. If somebody gives you something, you want to do nice things for them, right? That's how it works in your, in, in your daily life, too. You don't step on the, your boss's toes because he or she is your boss. You're not messing with your bottom line. Your paycheck. That's the same thing. Of course, if somebody pays, greases the wheels of your political progress with their money, you owe them a favor. That's why this country is the least upwardly mobile. That's why we are where we are, where, where we have a Twitler. Because of 
every of the DLC and the you know the fascists, the effing Republicans sold us out, but they didn't do it alone. The, you might as well just call these guys the Tammany Hall Dems, frankly. What's the difference? Pay to play, insiders, well, all the while making, making cushy deals for themselves and their own political adv- ad- advantages, but leaving the American people out here working their three uniquely American low-paying jobs in this, you know, in this economy, this great economy. Is it a great economy? When you can't retire, that's not a great economy. When That's why. When you have a Twitler in the White House, because people have been left behind. And, oh, like, I don't Leadership. Know. That has been true 100% of the time when we've won. So we need to think about that in order to be sure that we defeat Donald Trump. And, and the great Lock thing about up. that is that means turning the page and moving to the future for the purpose. <laughs> what is he saying? Turning the page and moving to the future. Honey, tomorrow will be the future, whether you like it or not. We're, we're always moving to the future. We're, look, right now, look at me. I'm in the future. There I go again. Of governing is not only compatible with winning, it's <sighs> the best strategy. Now, my job over the next week is, is to get that message out. So we're going to continue uh, having those encounters with voters. We're on the airwaves. Our organizers and volunteers are pounding the ground. Uh, I also very much need a fundraising surge right now to be sure that we can power through the tape. So uh, if somebody is uh, interested or no. supportive of that if vision. If you want to and turn wants to the make- page, that vision of a new future and tomorrow. You want to turn the page tomorrow? Vote for fucking Pete Buttigieg. We win. I'm counting on him to go to PeteForAmerica.com right now and chip in. So Mayor Pete, oh Donnie Deutsch, great God. to talk to you again. Oh, no, him. Um, him. Obviously, we're sitting a, a backdrop this against like, the impeachment. Looks like he'll probably be acquitted. How do you, knowing that I that's... I hate Donnie Deutsch, just so we know. Anybody know? Anybody else? He's another one. The corporate... Every day. Bernie fucking Sanders, Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders, oh, Bernie, Bernie. I, 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 we have to put Bernie as our nominee just to see this asshole's head explode. Oh, guess what, dumb ditch, dumb, dumb, dumb Deutsch? You will still be rich. You'll still be the son of someone who gave you your advertising agency, who you inherited your advertising agency from. Not everybody can pull themselves up by their bootstraps and, ha- and inherit their father's advertising agency. So, but you'll still be rich. You'll still be an insider. And as you're sitting in the ivory tower on the morning Joe millionaires decrying what? Your progressive taxation? Decrying a country that's maybe a little less unequal. I don't understand. What is it about... Income, um, up, in, in, um, upward mobility, and um, inqua- income, you know, an income disparity. That's not disparity. What's the word? Income, you know what I'm saying? That's not as uh, unequal than that these guys can't live with. They can't seem to live with. They can't abide it. But you see what I'm saying? They want a... They want a kinder, gentler corporatism. That's all they're peddling. They want it to continue. They're doing fine. I don't know why they 
don't really see that, uh, you know, nothing that Bernie is talking about is that out of the ordinary. We've been here before. And we got out of it by building an economy from the ground up. Not just by allowing uh, gay people to have have a legal marriage contract. That's important, too, but it's not the end of the story. This is what they want. You see, Twitter is just too outrageous. He's too, he's too chaotic. They need a kinder, gentler corporatism. Let, let everyone, you know, gay people marry. Let's have less racism, right? We'll be more uh, politically correct. We'll be more, whatever, you know, nicer in that way. And that's what they think about a divided country. We're divided because we're just not nice to each other. It's not that we are living in the United States of serfs and lords. It's not that we are the least upwardly mobile and that millions can't retire and that millions don't have health care and that this country, that, the, that Donnie Deutsch doesn't give a shit. It's not that. That we're divided because... You know, we're just not nice to each other. But maybe we'll be nicer if, or maybe we'll have a community. What does it mean to be an American? They have no problem. They don't see the disconnect between what they're, what they're peddling, the bullshit they're peddling, and leaving people behind. They're fine with that. They, they decry how divided we are while also in the next breath complaining that Medicare for all will, uh, I don't know, take private health care away? What, like, they, who's taking anything away from these idiots? You can always get health care, you dumb bastards. They can get private whatever the fuck they want. But I don't understand why they're so offended by the notion of every single American going to a doctor when sick. Especially when we're, we're, we're on the precipice of uh, another, of a coronavirus. We're the only country that doesn't have a national health care system. So get ready. <sighs> this is, that's another reason why you need Medicare for all. Right, Tara Jr. Jr.? Anyway. Right. They Obviously kitchen table issues for your voters. Kitchen table say- issues. Another one that I want to vomit. Kitchen table. What the fuck do you know about a kitchen table, Donnie Deutsch? I know. He's a moron, Tara Jr. Jr. I hear you. We've got this corrupt administration and basically who will get away, I don't want to say with murder, but certainly with this very, very abusive behavior. How do you thread that needle and make it relevant, not walk away from it, but not overplay it and make it relevant to, to your voters? Yeah, you know, I rarely get questions yeah, about know, the impeachment uh, process. And I, I don't think it's because people don't care. I think it's because of this sense created by the Senate GOP that it's a foregone conclusion. And it's almost designed to make right, a I've had Washington enough. or I've had hasn't had it for very long. And is He's as boring as uh, the cure for insomnia. That's what he is. He's the cure for insomnia. I find him as boring as watching... I don't have, I don't even know. Staring at my hand or something. I, I have no idea. My hand is more interesting. I would, it really is. Just staring at it. What is he saying? That's, if that's what we've become, have we atrophied? Have our, is that our brains 
being atrophied right before our very eyes, listening to turning a page, a, a new tomorrow, a better future, a bigger, better, stronger future. I have no idea what the fuck he's saying. And he doesn't know what he's saying, but he certainly is confident peddling it. He sounds so well-spoken. He, he can say that shit in five languages. And he's gay. Oh, how wonderful. That's real change you can believe in, don't you know? Not change. Don't worry about this income disparity because your reward will come in heaven. Don't worry about the upward immobility. Your uh, upward, upward, immo- upward mobility is for your betters. This is the United States of serfs and lords. This ain't the United States. This is the, the divided states of serfs and lords. What am I talking about? And we're so divided. Here's another. This is, that's why I'm bringing this up, too, because the meme that's out there, or constantly out there in the corporate media, it's true. Oh, we're so divided. But we all know what I think. Of course we're divided, but it's not just because we, there's people on Twitter and there's Fox News. There are many reasons, and we're divided partly because we have the United States of Serfs and Lords. Why we're polarized. They actually, I also grabbed this. This is from Morning Joe, too, <laughs> as well, I should say. I know Tara Jr. Jr., and so Ezra Klein wrote a book about how, I don't know, we're polarized. And here he is. Let's just play this and I'll comment. Book entitled Why We're Polarized. Ezra, thank you so much for being with us. We greatly appreciate it. I want to start, uh, before we talk about your book, I want to start with a Jonathan Chait column uh, I, oh, I, great. I, I, I read. Oh, great. bash Bernie again. was, was actually segment. surprised. This is the way it is. Every segment has to start with why Bernie is just not electable. Don't you think? Any guest that comes on, what do you think about Bernie? Isn't he unelectable? Don't. Don't buy it. This is, of course, we're not buying it. That's why Bernie is rising in the polls. I do believe that the more they bash him, the more, the more he, uh, it, it, it ups his cred, frankly. They don't know what they're doing. Of course, there are some low-information voters. They're not, you know, maybe, I don't know, they watch Morning Joe. They believe that shit. And uh, they, you know. Maybe, whatever. They're for Amy Klobuchar or Pete Buttigieg. Who the fuck knows? They want to turn a page or have a brighter tomorrow Who uh, do, doing nothing, saying nothing. You're not offending anybody. We're divided. They want to talk about divided. But it's, it's really beyond belief how much MSNBC, this is your liberal media, frankly. Guys, that's why I say please become a patron. Support the liberal media. This is the liberal media. You're talking about, this is Morning Joe, right? With all the morning millionaires and Republicans, that's your liberal media. Every effing day. Same shit every day. Bernie Bash, we're divided. We got to beat Twitler. Here's Amy Klobuchar. Here's Pete Buttigieg. It's unbelievable. I should... I mean, I should be a producer over there, frankly. I could produce that shit in my sleep. A lot 
of, of what I what, what I read in there about Bernie Sanders and, and just get just get your reaction. We haven't talked about it yet this morning. Uh, Jonathan said this about uh, Bernie saying that Democrats would be uh, crazy to, to to pick him because of policy so reasons. Crazy. But he goes compounding those vulnerabilities. It's a long history of radical association. Sanders That's campaign for the socialist. What they're going to say, right? Oh, he's so radical. But here's the problem. I mean, it's not a problem. Nobody believes that shit unless you're already prone to believing it. Once Bernie gets on stage with Twitler, he will wipe the floor with Twitler. And Bernie's sincere, and people know that. And he will explain whatever he needs to explain. And he gets elected. In Vermont, a very rural state with a with a plurality. Uh, what am I trying to say? Plurality of voters. He he is a candidate that can cross over. That does get conservative independents to vote for him, and that's what we want. Workers' Party, and praised communist regimes. Vintage video. See? Oh, be afraid. Look at that picture. Isn't he? He's scary looking. He's red looking. He's got his fingers out. I'm afraid. Oh, he's a, he's a madman. He wants communism. And no one ever, not Bernie, not ever, has he talked about communism. Yeah, that's what... The whole world is communist, I guess, except us, because we are the only ones that don't have, that don't have universal health care. Bernie palling around with Soviet communists will shit. make for an almost insultingly easy way for Republicans to communicate the idea that his plans to expand government are radical. Uh, radical. So much. <clears throat> and Jonathan Chait's uh, column uh, caught me off guard. I'm curious wow. what your reaction was so to it. So I read John's column, actually, and so I had two Woozy. thoughts on it. One place where I half agree and half disagree, John's argument in that column is that Sanders has a high electability downside. It is possible that when Republicans put $5 billion into defining him as a dangerous socialist, it will work. He'll lose four points in the polls versus a generic Democrat, and it'll be a Democratic wipeout. I think the other happen. side of that is it's also possible he has a pretty high electoral upside that he brings in yes. voters who don't normally vote, that he brings over some people who don't normally like the Democratic Party. There was just this controversy over Joe Rogan exactly. endorsing him. But part of what you were seeing there is people who are not normally Democrats. Yeah. I think that when it comes down to Election Day, no one's going to be like, Joe Rogan endorsed him, so I'm not going to vote for him. Like, who? Nobody will care. Give me a break like Bernie Sanders because he also doesn't really seem to like Democrats. And so you could see that running in both directions. I, after the past couple of years, I have become a little more jaundiced about people's predictions about electability. The only other thing I'll say is I think that there is a... Oh, yes. The only other thing I'll say is I think Yeah, remember? 90%, it was 95% on the Huffington Post on the day of the election. Hillary Clinton was going to win. I remember looking at that. Oh... Those were the days before. Let's see. Let's keep going. Correct. It seems to me your argument would suggest that in the polarized political world that we live in, where there really isn't uh, sort of this uh, uh, this unity, uh, that there uh, this wide middle that many American voters share, a polarized candidate actually, as Donald Trump proved four years ago, 
uh, actually may not be uh, a political kiss of death. And certainly right. can win. The, the one place I disagree with John on that, in terms of whether or not he'd be the most polarizing candidate, is polarizing happens on a lot of dimensions. So there's polarization of ideology. And there I think Chade is right, um, as you mentioned, that having a Democratic Socialist versus Donald Trump would be a very uh, ideologically polarized election. But there's also a lot of identity dimensions, demographic dimensions, where Bernie Sanders, one of the things he's always been good at doing, coming from a heavily rural state, he's an older white man, he's able to make his ideology seem a little bit more balanced by mm -hmm. having some, I guess the best way to put it is cultural markers to uh, that make him seem moderate in the code of American politics. And that code, we can talk about why it exists the way that it does. And so that's sort of always been the Bernie Sanders play, that by being outside the party system, by sort of having this common sense, cranky demeanor, kind of seems like your uncle, uh, if you're a white guy from Brooklyn, uh, <laughs> that it actually helps him balance out the, the ideological side. So Ezra, let's talk about the book, Why We're Polarized. Obviously a huge question. Um, but first, let's talk about how polarized we actually are, because I think it's tempting for a lot of people to sit here every day and watch what's happening and saying, we're more polarized than we've ever been, which puts the Civil War into an interesting mm -hmm. context, for example, in 1968 into an interesting context. So how polarized are we actually right now? So less than the Civil War, for sure. But yeah. 1968 is actually, I think, the good note of comparison. It helps us get a better definition of polarization. Polarization is not bitter. It's not angry. It's also not always even a bad thing. 68, you have much more fracture in American life. The civil rights movement, the women's rights movement. You have, you know, you're going to have the anti-war movement kids getting killed at Kent State, urban riots, political assassinations. And yet these are not things that are heavily polarized by party. Mm. Anti-war sentiment is not polarized by party. The Civil Rights Act passes with a higher proportion of Republicans in Congress voting for it than Democrats. So the thing that happens after the 60s, and actually the Civil Rights Act itself is the rupture point, is that all these things begin polarizing by party on top of their other divisions in life. Democratic Party becomes much more diverse. Republican Party remains quite racially homogenous. Democratic Party becomes religiously diverse. Republican Party is very heavily Christian. Democratic Party becomes liberal. Republican Party becomes conservative. And so what you have is a layering of the disagreements in American life on top of political party, which can very much increase, one, their combustibility, but two, because of the way our political system works where majorities can't govern, you need a high level of bipartisan consensus. It makes it very hard to actually govern in the American context. So are we as polarized as it feels like we are then? I think so. I yeah. mean, depends how you feel in it. Well, I think most people feel pretty polarized right now. Yes. What the fuck? I'm feeling polarized right now. I wish I was polarized and I could be in two places at once two teams fighting in this country. And, and, they're, and they're very fundamentally are. I mean, one of the things about polarization, too, that is distinct, you have way less cross-ticket voting than you used to. States are very reliable in who they vote for. Um, over and over and over again, it's easier for people to make a choice and there are fewer undecided voters. And that's just because the parties are more different. I mean, in the 80s, in the 90s, think about Bill Clinton versus George H.W. Bush. That's actually a much harder election to know which side of it you might be on than Donald Trump versus, say, Bernie Sanders. That's, you don't need to know a lot about politics to know which of those two people you agree with. Well, oh, Jesus Christ, I just scared him. Sorry, Tara Jr., Jr. So, okay. Um, this whole divided shit, I'm so sick of it because it's all about, it's, it's the Ellen thing. We got to be nice that, oh, look at Ellen sitting with George Bush on, and then Ellen goes on about, I, we have to be nice. This is not why we're polarized. Yes, we're fucking polarized, but that's how they set it up. We are polarized by design. 
partly because of the fact that we live in a subsidized country. When you are, when they're selling your jobs, when they, when Bill Clinton signed NAFTA, then that's partly why we're polarized. When he signed the Telecommunications Act of 1996, that's why we're polarized. Now we have two different, we have silos of information. What the, the, when we have a country that the Democrats are not, you know, the, we have the fascists, they're off the rails, and we, the Democratic Party doesn't want to do anything about the, the, the least upwardly mobile country that we went from the most. When, when Reagan came into, into office, we were the most upwardly mobile, and now we're the least upwardly mobile. Why? We're working harder, we're working longer hours, but we have less of the gains of the productivity that our labor makes possible. And what happened, what, what are we talking about? Throwing a subsidy at us. They divide us into tiers. And if you're on the balls of your ass poor, you'll get a subsidy. You'll get, you'll get free health care. You'll get free education. But if you're a little higher on the ladder, you won't get a fucking thing. You will get to be an indentured servant to the banksters. And what else you will get is a a lot of resentment against people lower on the ladder. That's partly why I cannot stand these effing DLC Democrats, you know, turning the page into a brighter future by expanding subsidies. We're in this together. You want to complain about this country? How uh, You can't complain about this country if you're deliberately dividing us into sub- subsidies. So, like, when Pete Buttigieg says things like, I don't want to pay for rich kids to go to college, in one breath, and cries about how divided we are, in another breath, I say, go turn the page, but somewhere else, buddy. You're, you are part of the problem. This is why this country is divided, because it's this constant bullshit being peddled at us. And those, uh, of course, how did the Democratic Party become this, uh, lose the working class? We lost the working class because of our DLC Democrats who wanted to play nice with banksters. It wasn't good enough that they were that they were representing labor they wanted to play nice and bring into this big tent um uh, the banksters i'm sorry it's never enough and they could have seen the writing on the wall that's the thing that pisses me off they know it when you deregulate the banks when you deregulate the media what's the end of the story you're not doing any favors to democracy you're not protecting the, the American experiment, you're handing America back to the big moneyed interests that we have always had to fight against from, from, for as long as recorded history. It's been the fight between the, 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 you know, those who, uh, who own everything and, want, and just don't have enough. They want it all and everybody else. So... Here's an article. Let me see. I just came across this. Bill Clinton's telecommunications law 20 years later. This is from The Hill from 2016. So this is the thing that used to piss me off during the 
the 2016 election when Hillary would constantly complain about Fox News. Well, blame your husband, I would say. And the, the thing is that we don't have an institutional memory here in this country. Nobody ever put it to her. Well, your husband signed the Telecommunications Act of 1996. We're not here by accident, for Christ's sakes. We, it's not an accident when the banks failed, when, they, when we had the second Republican Great Depression, well, near-Republican Great Depression, when they crashed the economy twice in 100 years. It's not a secret. We knew it was going to happen. Just like when they rolled back Dodd-Frank or uh, the, I'm not Dodd-Frank, the Glass-Steagall Act, they've, they've done it again. Hold on to your hats because it will happen again. What do you think happens? We don't learn. People don't learn. You have greedy bastards. They've, they're going to manipulate and they're going to not play by the rules. They're going to they're going to siphon. They're going to let. They're going to latch their greedy mouths onto people's um, life savings like lampreys and suck it dry. And that's. There's nothing you could do about it. Of course, I don't understand why that's what they do. But these politicians, they get into office. Is anybody clamoring? Uh, or do you think any of their constituents are clamoring? Oh, please. Representative, oh, please, Senator, please deregulate the banks. That's what we really need. Who the fuck asked you to do that? But no, they'll get on to Morning Joe. They'll de- deregulate those banks. They're not going to hold a press conference about it. They're going to give these handouts in the wine cave. They're going to wink and nod in a wine cave and get on Morning Joe and talk about turning a pace to a brighter future. But we have to have an institutional memory, or what's the point? Are we nothing, what are we, goldfish over here? Are we, okay, we're shiny object. Yeah, somebody should have said to her, well, you know what, um, what do you think the fucking Telecommunications Act of 1996 was going to do? We were talking about it then, saying that this was a disaster for democracy, that it would, it would consolidate the uh, the you know the uh, mediums uh, they deregulated the media where you it used to be you couldn't own a radio station and a newspaper and a television station they put an end to that of course it's going to consolidate the media so we now have six gigantic multinational corporations owning the media in this country from 50 in 20 years we went to that of course of course we're an oligarchy what do you think is going on that is the point that's what republicans want of course they do and the dlc democrats are not far behind them what are they doing you it makes you want it makes you say what the hell are they doing they want a kinder, gentler, more responsible, more, of course, kind of uh, rapacious corporatism. They want to regulate, you know, of course, yes. I, that's why I say vote. I would vote for the, the Democrat, whoever that Democrat is, because you, when you're in a hole, stop digging. When you're bleeding, you stop the bleeding. But 
then if it's a DLC Democrat, we're in big trouble. We're still in trouble. We still have to fight. And even if Bernie gets in there, we will still have to fight. Of course we will. We're up against the King Kong, Magilla Gorilla monstrosity of concentrated wealth and concentrated power and concentrated media, mouthpieces, the people who have, they own it all. And they don't want they don't want us to have a seat at the table. Of course they don't. So what do you think? Um, what 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 do you think was going to happen when when they when when Bill Clinton signed the Telecommunications Act of '96? I was in college and studying communications, and we all talked about this this uh, this law. What a, saying what a disaster it was going to be. And everything we said came to fruition. At the time, I was just a college kid. What the hell do I know? But, yeah. Of, here we are. It didn't take long. It never does. You know, just like now with, um, with uh, you know, what do you call it? You know, with the Internet. They're, how they're trying to... Uh, what the hell? What is it called now? I'm lo- I forgot what you know what I mean with the with the internet, the free and open internet. They're trying to, of course, you know, with this Ajit Pai asshole. I forgot what it's called now. I feel like an idiot. You know what I mean? They're they want to control, corporatize that medium as well. Whereas, of course, during, what is it, uh, you know, with the FCC, Ajit Pai, net neutrality, of course, what am I talking about? I couldn't remember the, the phrase, net neutrality. Now that when Ajit Pai undid the net neutrality rules, despite the millions of Americans who said, we want net neutrality, it doesn't matter, you see what I'm saying? These are anti-democratic motherfuckers. They hate America. They hate democracy. It doesn't matter if we all say, listen, bitch, we want net neutrality. We don't want corporations to own the Internet. We want it to be treated as a public utility, you scum-sucking bastards. They don't give a shit. But they're not stupid, these corporations. They, they bide their time. You understand? It's not going to happen overnight. It's not a light switch. That's going to turn on and all of a sudden they're going to throttle the Internet and, and make tiers and charge you, subs, you know, different uh, tiers of access or have a small producer like myself having to pay more for more or whatever the fuck. And so we're but right now we're all on equal footing. But that's going to change if we don't change it back. These scum sucking bastards because it's never enough. They hate America. Don't you understand? I've been telling you this. That's the theme of this show over and over. Republicans hate this country. They hate America. That's why they have to constantly masturbate into a flag in public. Literally. We've seen it. We've seen it. Trump, Trump, that's what Twitler's been doing. We've seen him hump a flag, literally, in front of us all. <laughs> Look, I love the flag. He hates the flag. What does he what does he know about a flag? He wears a flag like a hooker wears high heel shoes. 
So the idiots can say, oh, look, he really loves America. While they're polluting, while they're throwing their shit all over the place. They can't even, they can't even be bothered to walk 10 feet to a trash can. That's how much they love America. They wouldn't go out of their way for America. That's how patriotic they are, you see. And, of course, I mean, they're not patriotic. They hate America. Because the, being a patriot means you, don't, you, leave, you leave nobody behind. You don't l- use the environment as a toilet or a trash bin. You don't just throw your shit all over the place. You think about your other, the other people you share this country with and the world with. And you don't stand there and, and, and embrace your ignorance like a little baby sucking on a binky. That's how they treat their own ignorance. That's their natural right as an American to be stupid. And if you loved America, you wouldn't be stupid. Because you would, you would be embarrassed to be stupid. You know what I mean? You're not a lovable, charming, stupid person. It's not like, you, you, it's not like you're, you can't help it. You can help it. You have a chance... That's what I always say with these, these filthy right-wingers. They go on the Internet. There's a lot of things you can do on the Internet, too. Before they haven't, they haven't controlled it all yet. But you can learn things. They have a window to the whole world. And what the best that they can do is get on and, you know, call me a bitch or a C-word or something. You know what I mean? That's all they got. That's what they do in their limited lifespan. How... How sad that is. You have a window to the whole world. You can learn about things. You can read history. There's many books you can read. You can listen to books. You can learn all about the world. You could go on Google Earth. You could walk through Pompeii. You could do so many things. You could look at at, uh, Viking archaeology I mean, these are things I do on the internet. I'm not just on there. I, I don't. I, I'm not trying to drink conservative tears. Do you know what I mean? But that's what they do. They have a whole. They they have a goal. It's like somebody who has a gold uh, diamond in their pocket, but they don't even know it. But they're complaining about some brown person. Everything's right there for them. But they they have no excuse to be ignorant. But they're willfully ignorant, you know? Ignorance is their birthright as a white American. They don't want to change. They don't want to learn. Somebody new moves in, someone different. Don't, don't pester them. Don't make them feel uncomfortable. They're still, they're looking at, uh, they, they want their ancient book of fables. It's not, you know, it's not their ignorance. It's their giant cloud being telling them to be stupid and 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 hateful oh god anyway washington let's see here we go bill clinton i i went off on this but bill clinton's telecommunications law 20 years later this is in 2016 washington's tech policy wonks are celebrating an anniversary this week why i mean they're so 20 years ago Monday, President Bill Clinton signed the 1996 Telecommunications Act into law at the Library of Congress. And now, when they have asked Bill Clinton about this law, he said, oh, I made a mistake. Don't you love that? I, I didn't realize 
all of the repercussions of it. Don't you love when they always say, oh, well, I know now. Now that I know, like, now that I know there's no weapons of mass destruction, like, you fucking knew it already. Come on. You knew it. We're not stupid. You, they think we're all stupid. But we're not. They forget that Twitler received fewer votes. The majority of the American people are not as stupid as they think we are. Not to, I mean, no, no, get it, I get it. There are a lot of stupid mother effers in this country, yes. At, look at those Trump rally. Look at the, look at them. Look at who they are. They have no respect, no dignity. Just, they eat shit and they throw the fucking wrappers on the floor. You know what I mean? America, USA, 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 as they're leaving a, a trail of litter. They're gross. They're disgusting. But, you know. Anyway. <clears throat> Designed to re-regulate aspects of the telecommunications business, it was first. It was the first overhaul of the law that created the Federal Communications Commission in more than six decades because it was working too well, you see. There was too much freedom. There were too many diverse opinions. There were too many... Things protecting democracy, too many safeguards to democracy, like not being able to own a, pa- a newspaper and a radio and a television station in the same market. That's not freedom for them. Is means that the rich have the freedom to step on your neck. The rich have the freedom to own and own it all and grab everything, all the power and. Uh, and money and power for themselves. That's what it means. That's to them. That's freedom. Yes, Terry Jr. Jr. <laughs> what are you doing? What's the matter? I know they're horrible. And it was a terrible act. So, supporters of the law said it would create more competition in the telecommunications industry. Oh, how did that work out? I didn't know. I couldn't predict it. It would be more competition, more diversity. It's going, you notice how they always peddle it as being more democracy, more freedom, more better, greater pages turning for everyone. So many pages turning. So many new days and futures happening at once a kaleidoscope of pages turning it's like a pa- it's like pages f- falling from heaven turning everywhere i can't i can't believe it i'm spinning i'm dizzy from all the turning pages supporters of the law said it would create more competition at the time it was only the beginning with oh wait wait wait, wait. i messed up that sentence in the to create more supporters of the law, a bunch of fascists, right? That's about it. A bunch of corporatists who hate democracy uh, and uh, morons, not morons, sly bastards. That's what they call them, slick willy, right? Who peddled the, who sold us the rope to for with which we would hang ourselves. So. Um, supporters of the law said it would create more competition in the telecommunications industry. 
that at the time was only the beginning, only beginning to grapple with the transformative power of the internet. So many diverse voices, right? So the diversity is so vast, I can count it on two hands. So many diverse things happening. Well, a hand and one finger. It promotes competition as the key to opening new markets and new opportunities, Clinton said at the bill signing. It will help connect every classroom in America to the information superhighway by the end of the decade. Well, how the fuck is that working out? There's, we're still battling these, these giant conglomerates to treat the Internet like a public utility. It will protect consumers by regulating the remaining monopolies for a time and providing a roadmap for deregulation in the future. Because we're just kinder, gentler Republicans, and deregulation is just, that's the name of the game. That means you, dumbass American sheeple, have no voice. And when the corporate boots on your neck, you got, you got nothing to say. What are you going to do? Better luck next life, sucker. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and marry a billionaire. That's it. Marry a con man. You don't even have to marry a, a real billionaire. Just a con man with a fake university and a vitamin scam. Among other things, the bill brought deregulation to the cable industry and lifted the national cap on radio station ownership, which is why we have zero about, you know, I don't know, liberal stations. How many? I haven't done the count. That's why you have Clear Channel owning all these stations. They can have Rush Limbaugh on one station at one time and then the, in the same market have him on the repeat on another station at another time. They just have and, – and get rid of all of the liberal talk shows. That's what they do because you can't have normal people having a conversation saying this is fucked up. We are for democracy. We – can't have liberals, normal people, Democrats, the, those who truly believe in America, the real patriots. We can't have them getting together and saying, you know what? Our mission here on Earth is to restore the, the dreams of the founders, so to speak, by having a functioning democracy, not just a name only, not an aspirational democracy, but a real one. One that works for all. That's why you have protections. That's why you have regulation. So you can't have a giant corporation or even six of them reaching up for control of government itself. That's what FDR said. That in itself is, fa is fascism. Fucking bastards. That's Bill Clinton for you. Among other things, the bill brought deregulation to the cable industry. Oh, yeah, yeah, I said that. It touched on universal service, the idea that government should help and make sure all Americans have access to communication services. Great. The act authorized the FEC's E-rate program, which helps connect schools and libraries. That program remains in effect. Okay, well, that's good. That's one good thing. They could have done that without deregulating the entire communications industry, so we 
have only six gigantic companies owning the medium of communication, but oh well. On Monday, technology groups and companies are expected to mark the signing of the bill, which rep- uh, in in Compass, which repre- represents the so-called competitive communications companies and used to be called Comtel, will hold a policy summit on Wednesday that includes Colin Crowell, the vice president of global public policy at Twitter. Whatever, who cares? Net neutrality, then down at the bottom of this article. Certainly was a mini atomic bomb in the middle of the Communications Act update. Before nothing, uh, blah, blah, blah. Since then, blah, 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 whatever. This is in 2016. But you know what I'm saying. So Bill Clinton, let me see. Hold on. I'm just going to do I'm looking at the time. I'm going to probably get out of here to get unconscious soon, but... I want to look something up here for a second. Clinton says telecommunications was a mistake. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, Telecommunications Act was part of the, was the start of the partisan media. That's another thing. I just did a search for Bill Clinton says Telecommunications Act was a mistake. This is an article written by the Des Moines Moines Register, written by, oh, this is just a letter to the editor. Let me see. I discovered the other day that that the deregulations of the Telecommunications Act that allowed for cross-media outlets to coalesce under a single owner was signed under President Bill Clinton, not President George W. Bush, as I've proclaimed several times in various formats. My sincere apologies for this misleading information. I also discovered that it was President Ronald Reagan who got rid of the Fairness Doctrine. The FCC rule from 1949 to 1987 for radio and tele- and broadcast mediums. These two actions are the primary contributors to our current partisan divide. Think of the McLaughlin Report as the Fairness Doctrine representation, a mediator with two peered individuals debating a subject from objective viewpoints, peered being keyed, peered being key to the fairness, do- the fairness aspect. This allows the audience to hear dissenting positions and format and format their own opinion. With the resist, wait, 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 with the recension of recension, what is that? Res, I can't. I don't know what that word is. Of this doctrine, right-wing talk radio arose, and then partisan news in its many formats today. These these signal sig. I can't talk. You understand that, and I'm tired. These singular perspectives act as propaganda machines, intentional or not, and inflame our partisan bickering by labeling or alluding to the political opposition as the enemy. President Clinton's deregulation consolidated competition, limiting the diversity of narratives reaching the public, thereby creating a less informed population. A well-informed citizenry is crucial to the functioning of a representative republic, 
until the masses across the spectrum demand antitrust regulations specific to media ownership and a return to the fairness doctrine for radio and broadcast mediums, we as a nation will continue to divide further along partisan lines until we lose every semblance of what our country once represented. Hello. Thank you. That was somebody named Anthony Gerst who wrote that letter to the editor. It's the truth. They never talk about it. Of course they don't. They're not going to say that on the corporate media, on the, MS, the Comcast-owned MSNBC corporate media. Of course not. Because that's their, butter, their bread and butter. It's the same reason why you don't want your candidates courting billionaires in a wine cave. You know what I mean? Because they owe them. It's only human nature. So we're in trouble, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, we really are. And before I go, I'm going to look at, let me see here. I haven't seen the chat. Let me see who's in the chat here. Terry Haiku, of course. Paradu. Where else? DPO5000. Hello. Thank you for hanging out, Deborah. I like it. I like it. Thank you, Deborah, again for your super chat and haiku. Who else is here? We don't have a lot of people here tonight, but we've had we've had more people. I guess it's just it's hard to know because it's kind of not a schedule. You know what I mean? What do you mean, kind of? The only scheduled show we have is Saturday, so. It's hard to have a uh, have everybody come in the uh, the show when it's hit and miss. Mark, Mark C. Who else? I don't want to miss anybody. Daniel, of course. Hello, Ed the first. Terry, Paradu, Deborah. I think I said you guys' names. Thank you, Mr. Thank you. We must have lost a few along the way. I had more to talk about. I want to, you know, I mean, it's just getting late and I got to go to bed. I like being unconscious. We know this. It's probably like partly my favorite thing. Don't you like that? I, you don't want to sleep your life away, though. But when I'm sleeping, I'm, I'm not thinking of Twitler. You know? It only takes a minute when I wake up. And I hear the Bernie bashing. It just starts again, and uh, my my not my stomach gets comes back, and until we meet again. But there's other things, of course, I wanted to talk about. I always I prepare more than I, and then we have no time. But I really maybe I'll do this on Saturday. Hopefully, I'll I'll remember. I wanted to read some of the Star Report. That's going to be fun. It's really basically a letter to Penthouse. It's disgusting. That's who Republicans are, though. We saw how filthy they are, the way that they treat Mother Earth. They're, they treat their environment as a disgusting, just a toilet and a, and a trash bin, just throwing shit all over the place like, like a bunch of animals. And I wouldn't even say that about animals. Animals don't live like that. But... 
Trumpanzees do. Um, but if you, I was reading the Star Report recently, a couple of days ago, and I said, oh my God, I got to read this on the show, but it's kind of X-rated. Have you ever read it? It is not kind of X-rated. It is X-rated. It's, it is, it's so unnecessarily X-rated, and maybe we'll read some of it on Saturday, because it goes to show you who they are. They're sick. They are sick Sick, America-hating, greed-centered ghouls and the morons who support them. And they are morons. I'm sorry. Oh, this is why they're going to vote? That's why they're going to vote for Twitler because I called them a moron? No, then have some pride. Stop being a moron. Stop voting for morons. Idiots who don't know what the hell they're doing. Who, who, look at Twitler. I do blame the voters, too. That's why uh, my friend was saying, oh, you can't blame them. You can't hold it all against them. Yeah, they knew. Maybe they didn't know, she said. Well, of course they knew. They knew when he w- came down the escalator calling Mexicans rapists. Enough said. He's a racist. So either you're a racist or you don't give a shit. Or you're, you're cool with that. You're cool with racists. And you're you're in league with the KKK, going back, it doesn't matter, to uh, I, all of them are guilty. Joe Scarborough, all these ex-Republicans who made Twitler possible, who voted for Sarah Palin, who opened the door to this ignorance, giving ignorance equal footing as knowledge. That's not okay. That's not how you have a great country. You don't get, uh, you don't grow a country. You don't have a decent country and send people to the moon and shit like that with a bunch of ignorant morons who couldn't, who couldn't give a shit to, to educate themselves, even though they have every opportunity to do it. They just don't want to. They don't have to because they'd rather have their privilege, you see. They want, anyway, there's so many other things. But the, the problem is, when you have, it's, they're not 100% wrong in the fact that how the Democratic DLC kiss-ups in the wine cave allowed, allowed the party of the people, the Democrats, to, to jettison their, their working-class base. You know what I mean? So, by by doing shit like that, by turning their backs on unions, by by hobbling unions, by sending jobs overseas with NAFTA. Oh, well, that's the other thing. I don't want to get into it, but maybe we'll talk about it on Saturday. We'll see. But who knows what's going to happen by then, right? Because the other thing, because Twitler today signed the NAFTA. He signed the new NAFTA. I was like, why? Why? What's wrong with Democrats? Why would they give him a win? That's the other thing. You know what I mean? Don't what you think that a Trumpanzee is sitting around saying, "Oh, look at that." Democrats really want to work with Republicans. Like, why would we want to work with them? We have to annihilate them because they have their greed-centered claws around our skulls and they're squeezing 
What, have they not been paying attention? That's what's so it's so annoying. So they Twitter signed the new NAFTA. It's nothing but NAFTA except he changed the letters. And the thank you he gave to the Democratic Party for being so bipartisan and accommodatable is uh, he he uh, he didn't invite them to the signing center ceremony. So they don't have any. They don't take any credit at all. You don't give them a. You don't give them a fucking inch. So what the f is wrong with the Democrats? Why would you give him an inch? Because you know he's gonna. Uh, um, he makes. A, he'll make a mile out of it. And he will. It's all him. That's him. He had a win. Now he gets to go out and tell all the forgotten people, the forgotten worker. Look, I'm working for you. Look what I'm doing for you. Even though it's nothing but NAFTA with new letters that Twitler can now um, pretend that he did, did another promise kept. Bullshit. So give me a break here. That's why the Democrat it drives me insane. And this is why, of course, we need to reform the Democratic Party. Because look at what we're doing. They, they lost the election to the most disgusting human slug in American history. The most vile waste of human DNA. And they're, they're setting us up to do it again. God, I can't handle it. What are we going to do? How many people have to die? How many people have to be on GoFundMe begging for medical care? How many people? How many serfs and lords? How much more do they need? How many more serfs? How many more people can't retire? Oh, there, Nancy Pelosi says that, well, we wanted to do something for the American people. It's nothing but NAFTA, once again. There's some, I don't know. I know Bernie was against it because it's, it's not, you know, a, a pro-labor. It has some labor. I don't know the whole thing. I don't know the whole uh, bill, but it's not... Some, it's not like not all labor unions are for it for a reason. A couple of your labor unions are for it, but not all of them. So it's really just something that you give you gave Twitler a win so he can go and, and pretend to his for, so-called forgotten morons who pollute and litter. Will they stand that, hey, I'm working for you? I don't get it. I do not get it. The election is right around the corner. Why not run on your labor plan, Democrats? Say, we will have a new NAFTA. We'll renegotiate a real trade deal. Why give him a win? Fucking Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. So he doesn't even give you a photo op that you could say, oh, look, we worked. Whatever they're trying to accomplish with their stupid concession to this monstrosity, this illegal asshole who received fewer votes, who who wouldn't know a trade deal, a deal, if it slapped him on the ass with a rolled-up Forbes magazine. So why are they helping him? 
for God's sake. And Nancy Pelosi says, oh, we, we wanted to do something for the American people. Like, what? No, you want to do something for your corporate masters. It was probably the corporations. They were getting antsy. They need their, their trade deal. They need that. They need to be able to send jobs to Mexico. God damn it. So why not negotiate a real trade deal that all the labor unions can get behind and, and call it a democratic deal? For fuck's sake. Why are you giving him something to run on? Uh, I don't know. That's why I'm, I scream. Unbelievable. So stupid. So he could, he could lock you out of the signing site. That's what he did. He didn't, no Democrats were there. They weren't invited because so, it's all Republicans, you see. That's what they, they want to tell their dumbasses. Oh, look what we did for you. It's not a great bipartisan victory for F's sake. <sighs> Come here, Tara Jr. Jr. I know. They're horrible. Oh, guys. All right. Look at that. This this hour and, well, two and a half hours now goes by so fast and I can barely talk. So thank you for hanging out. Thank you for your super chats for all you generous patrons on top of your patronage and the super chats, please share the show with your friends. Like the show, subscribe. We need subscribers. That's the other thing. We need subscribers. Okay. Thank you, Paradu. He says, or she, are you, I don't know. Now that I say your name, listen to me, Tara, you're fucking awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Be more than you know. That that's gonna keep me going and it's gonna keep me coming back and saying, Okay, when I say to myself, nobody cares. Who cares? Nobody cares about the show. What's the point? I should just chill out, I should get the hell out of here, I should spend my weekends, you know, or my weeknights sleeping. Or tuning out, I should be watching, what do I like to watch? Any good shows out there? Vikings, I like that show, Vikings, that's a good show. I like historical TV shows, they take me to another place, I enjoy that. I like The Last Kingdom, that was a good show, especially the first season, that was really good. And other shows. What did I, I liked The Witcher. That's not a historical drama. That was fun though. I, I just, I enjoy those shows where there's a lot of, that, that it's just a different time. I, I loved the series Rome. That was an amazing show uh, because it also reminds me how, how fast life goes by and how things change. Everything changes. One day we will this present day will be the past, and I, frankly, I hope that uh, that we, this country endures as a democracy. At this point, it's it's pretty goddamn iffy, but 
I do now. I know that they'll look back and they will. Future anthropologists will have such a treasure trove of material to sift through. And I hope that they find Terrorbuster and they know and they look and they see the chats and they see the show and they and they get that we were fighting for the uh, the democracy that hopefully endured. You know, hopefully they'll be looking back with that perspective and not another, uh, through another, the lens of another oligarchy. You know what I mean? But, yeah. Vikings is a good show. Um, what happened? Also, you know what's interesting about Vikings? I brought up Vikings a couple of times, probably because it's on tonight, on Wednesday nights, and it's it's the last season. And... It's an, it, it's a good show, and it often, you know, it's not historically accurate, of course, but the thing that I appreciate about learning about other cultures, especially a culture that's, you're talking about the year 900, around that era, time, right, in uh, Scandinavia, the, where women had more rights, and the, I often wonder what would have happened if, we this if earth if western civilization not just or not earth but hadn't turned catholic or the christians hadn't taken over because that's really where that's kind of what was detrimental to women's rights women would have had a lot more power i believe and it just his history spins on a dime you know so but an interesting story, though, with these, they found um, a Viking f- uh, grave, right, many years ago, and they assumed it was a it was a man, because it was a it was a warrior's grave. Let me see. And only I'm not sure how long ago. They I mean, I'm just looking it up. It ended up it was a it was a woman, so because there was some controversy or whatever talking about in the show Vikings they have the shield maidens and that and it's in the Viking and the in the sagas they talk of different stories about female warriors, but yes, the Viking woman the Viking grave they found that was a warrior's grave was a woman. So, ancient warrior was given a prestigious Viking burial, comp- complete with deadly Viking weapon- weapons, a bag of gaming pieces, possibly to represent military command, and two horses, one bridled for riding. This mighty warrior, long thought to be a man, made headlines in 2017 when re- researchers in Sweden announced that this individual was in fact a woman. Intense scrutiny that followed caught researchers by surprise. The barrage of questions from the public and other scientists were unrelenting. Were the researchers sure that they had analyzed the bones right? Were were there more than one body in the burial? Was was one of these bodies surely a man? But there wasn't another body. It was a woman. And the warrior's sex was indeed female. Was it possibly a transgendered man? This is our current um, 
cultural lens, looking at uh, an ancient grave, saying, oh, this can't possibly be. But yes, it was. It's like when they discovered the ruins of Pompeii and on some of the murals, and especially in the brothel, there were images of people having sex. And also in, um, in ancient Egypt, in ancient Egyptian uh, ruins and that they've discovered that when they first started to uncover different ruins, because some of the hier- hieroglyphics ha- depicted people—well, not really people—you know, they're usually highly stylized images of people with erections and in sexual situations. The original archaeologists actually destroyed these images because it was so offensive to them that that's in ancient times somebody drew somebody with a, an erection so vile and the same thing happened in the roman with the roman runes this uh, looking at these runes through our eyes through the eyes well the victorian eyes of repression Eh, anyway, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Now a new study published, say, in the Journal of Antiquity, the researchers of the original study have reaffirmed their conclusion this mighty individual was a woman. So, And they also found a there's a very famous boat burial that they initially thought was a man, but it was it's a woman. So that women obviously had high status in the Viking culture and also could be many things including warriors so like i wonder what how far we would be what a different world we'd be living in if the if christianity didn't spread across the globe as it did all right guys that's something to ponder it's interesting, yes. Just look it up on online. Viking, Viking. Uh, w- I guess it, you could just look up Viking warrior burial or Viking woman warrior. It'll come up. It's a pretty well-known grave. But it's interesting because, of, of course, they always thought this, they found this grave years before, and then finally science caught up, or they eat. I think it was, they, because you can tell the bones but they just assumed, because the, the, the hips and whatnot are different in males and females, but they could have told, they could have deciphered it earlier, but they, they just assumed it was a man. Anyway, there you go. Guys, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I wonder what techniques she used to fight. And they, if you were, I'm sure there were many techniques, but they... They, you often wonder how could they go up against uh, a big, big giant muscle man. But they, I saw some show about the, just about this woman, um, this this Viking burial, this female warrior, and they they had some female warrior. You know, uh, what do you call it? People, not warriors, but they're martial arts experts and sword experts they're just and they they put them against some men who are fighting with swords and they it's really about technique so they're if you really believe that if that's what you that's what you do and you believe in yourself and you're you're skilled you know a woman can kick a man's ass too so there you go 
exactly. It's mental. It's mental toughness. It's physical. It's not just upper body strength, right? So there's many more. If you're skilled, yeah, you could be faster. You could whirl around. And obviously, this woman was a someone with with prestige because her grave was. She was buried with uh, with prestige, and also buried not uh, with a bunch of different swords and shields and uh strategy games so she was probably somebody with a high status in the in the military or whatever their military order was so she was clearly considered um that was uh, that was her role so yeah pretty interesting i think so so many interesting okay that's what these trumpanzees could be researching you know what i mean instead of being a bunch of assholes that litter. The other thing I remember reading about, this is not about a Viking woman or a woman in general, but I love, that's one of the things I would have loved to do is archaeology or there's so many things I could have done probably in in life. Life is too damn short. I would have loved to study that archaeology. But um, one of the things, they found a 10,000-year-old grave of a dog and I thought that was that really touched me because the dog wasn't it wasn't food it was obviously some it was um buried with honor and it was also buried with things that it needed in the afterlife so 10,000 years ago before before Rome before recorded history our human ancestors loved their animals too. So, look, it's choking me up. Another thing that I, sp- I thought that was so touching when you think about it, they buried it with things it would need for the afterlife. So, think about that. That when you love your animals, this is that's a human. We have been with our animal companions for as long as there have been humans. so. And one other thing, though, they also recently found an 18,000-year-old puppy in the thermofrost. Now, one of the consequences, it's not good, of global warming is that this, the, uh, is it the permafrost or the thermofrost? No, I'm saying it wrong. Is this, um... Oh, it's permafrost. Yes, I'm saying it wrong. Permafrost. They, it, uh, because of global warming, all the, all of these uh, artifacts are being discovered. Ancient, prehistoric artifacts, or even this poor, this little poor dog that it looks. It's, uh, obviously, some of it is decayed, but you could see it has fur. It's almost. If you look that up, eighteen thousand year old puppy. The poor little puppy died but that sucks though think about that it's interesting that we found it but it's only being found because the earth is melting so here we go all right my friends you guys are great thank you yeah that poor little puppy right he didn't even get to live the poor thing uh Oh, now that I'm thinking about it. Also, there was another story, thinking about archaeology. They found a woman, and I can't remember how old it was. 
and she was obviously died in childbirth because it was the it was the it was like a like I'm talking thousands and thousands of years old like not even a human you know what I mean like one of the Homo erectus something like that let me see uh, but she obviously died in childbirth and the 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 birth was breached so they knew the way that they they had the woman's skeleton and then a, a baby skeleton that was breached in her stomach and i just thought about wow you know that poor person that poor being having her her baby and dying and such a and suffering like that and then this interesting story <laughs> i know it's a tarathon and look at tara jr <laughs> Look at Tara Jr. Right? All right. It's time for Betty Bye. Time for unconsciousness. Yay. Guys, you guys are amazing. And look at him. Look how cute he is. That's I'm talking about Tara Jr. Jr. I will see you guys on Saturday. I probably won't be able to do another show until the weekend but it's been great hanging out with you thank you for all your support thanks for the super chats thanks for chilling out and thank you for being the og tara buster crew that will help this show become a real show one day this is a real show but maybe we will uh, we maybe we will have a real show one day i don't know not maybe. We will. You never give up. That's what, that's how you win, really. You don't give up. It's not about, you know, luck. It's really about persistence in anything. So we will win, but hopefully sooner than later. God damn it. So tell your friends about the show. Please, um, what else? Give the show a good review. Become a patron. Tell your friends. You know what I mean? Subscribe. Share the show. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? The whole nine. That will help us grow. And we will get there. We will get there. We will win, like I always say. Because we, we have, we are, we are, we're in this together. And we are on the right side of history. And we're on the right side of humanity. My name is Tara Devlin. You guys have been great. Thank you. We stick together. We win. I will see you in a couple of days. Saturday.